welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're doing a pastor's perspective, what to do about evil. Welcome. Welcome back, Brian. Hey, every hi, listeners. Hey, Brian. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Doing well, yeah. It's good to be here recording another episode with you. Yes, we finished our uh, big series, our, our six-part and eight-part episodes. <laughs> yeah, our six-part, eight-part series. <laughs> on uh, understanding God's Word. So now we're moving into some different territory. We thought we would um, lighten the mood here with a pastor's perspective. <laughs> Talking on evil. evil. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, this is not a light this is not a light subject. We will give you a little bit of a warning. Right. Um th- it's nothing like graphic, but you know, you may not want the kids to listen to yeah, this. There's because... some sensitive uh things. We're gonna give some examples of yeah. evil that are just kind of intense. So just know that that's there. Nothing nothing really bad, but just yeah. know that how that's did, there. How did did we get to this? How did we get to this well, uh, topic? Honestly, we were just talking about things that uh we that we wanted to think about. And this is something that I know I've been thinking about. Yeah. Basically because of some of the uh, examples of evil that have, you know, that we've seen just in news and things like that. And uh, it just got me thinking about like, what do we do about this? And and really thinking about how the world tries to handle it. Yeah. And, uh, and what yeah, we really need to do about it. You hear about evil things in the news mm-hmm. and the, and the world and, and social commentaries, um, try to deal with it in a certain way, but it's, it's not always, um, it's rarely ever a biblical right. or godly way to think about yeah. that. I mean, so. the immediate conversation is like, well, how do we stop this from ever happening again? Right. And right. it's like, well, let's think about why it's yeah, happening. Yeah. Right. But before we get into the episode, I want to remind our listeners, please subscribe, like, give us a review, share with your friends, let us know. We're very thankful that you listen. We're getting more listens than ever. And we just want more people to be able to experience and be encouraged mm-hmm. by the things that we say because we're always focusing people towards the Lord, towards Jesus, towards the gospel. That's right. Even when we have to talk about hard, evil. Yeah, hard so things. If you have any feedback you want to send, you can email us at f4l at oakhillbc.org. That's F, the that's the letter F, the number four, the letter L at oakhillbc.org. You can hit us up on Facebook too. We're both on Facebook. Yep. I check I check it pretty regularly. Brian's about once every six months. He'll check his Facebook. So pretty accurate. <clears throat> you can right. you can get he'll that like there. Tags me and stuff, and I'm like, oh wow, that, I missed that. <laughs> Eighteen tags from me. <laughs> I will say, there's one reason why I never say f4l at oaklbc.org the way you do, because mm-hmm. I'm worried that I'm gonna say like the number f, the letter <laughs> f4. I like can't keep that straight in my mind when I get ready to say it. Anyways, I think you know. Hope, I'm glad you say it like yeah. that. So thank you. Well, it's usually in the show notes, so you can click on that in the show <laughs> it notes. It helps you yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's let's jump in here. So first of all, what what we want to do is is we're talking about the fact that evil does exist <gasps> i know that should not be controversial but it but is. it is it is and as i was looking into this you know there's there's actually like one of the first things in a resource i was looking at and ligonier.org was that uh you know he was talking about how a lot of people try to uh, get rid of evil as though it doesn't exist and there's a logical way to do that um but but it doesn't work because evil is so experientially here yeah well people think about just the actions 
and they don't consider the heart. Right. And so that's part of the problem. That's right. right. Yeah. And so first, though, what we want to do, because e- evil is actually a super big topic, right? I mean, you could talk about a hundred thousand different aspects to this. So what we want to do is tell you what we're not really talking about first. So there are a few things that we're not actually getting at. That, that's not really the point of this conversation. Uh, the first is that we're not really talking about where evil came from. We're not trying to figure out where did this originate from, right? We're not really trying to f- talk about like, why does it exist? Mm-hmm. It's not really a problem of evil conversation. Um, we're not talking about natural evil. Mm. We're not really talking about like hurricanes and things like that. Like where, why does that happen? You know, um, we're not really talking about how can good come from evil. Yeah. Those are all again, kind of problem of evil. You know, this is a big philosophical thing that Christians yeah. do need to deal with. And maybe we do a series that we talk about maybe more apologetic Ooh. stuff at some point, and that could yeah. be big apologetic questions, and we yeah. may deal with the problem of evil. But hey, sounds like a sounds like a good idea. It's so, a good hey, series right there. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Future series coming soon. <laughs> you heard it first here. Um, well, what are we talking about, though? Because this is... This is um, a, a very specific thing that we're looking at in the in the broad scope of evil. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about really one thing, a couple of things, but one thing in particular. The first thing is that we know it does exist. We're mm-hmm. just assuming that it does exist because yeah. that's kind of obvious. So where does it exist? And what we're, first of all, going to, this is kind of an assumption. It's not even an assumption. It's a teaching from God's word that we agree with that says that moral evil exists in the heart of man. You know, we're talking about moral evil. That's that's doing moral things. It exists in the heart of man because our hearts are dead in sin. We are desperately wicked. We are unrighteous. Yeah, and this is where the, we get debated as, and even Christians debate this. You know, yeah. and and it's really strange to me. I had a conversation with a a person who left our church years ago because we preached a message. I believe it was out of Romans. Uh, we talked about how we were dead, you know, excuse me, irrevocably, you know, sin. Yeah, Yeah, the original sin. Yeah, there there was no hope for us. Mm -hmm. And somebody left, and we were talking to them. I was conversing with them, and they believed that there was still a spark of goodness in each person. And that that spark of goodness had the capacity to respond to the gospel. And, you know, I had this conversation, and I was just thinking, there's no scriptural evidence to, to back, I know that's a belief. Uh, there's no scripture evidence to back that up. We look at scriptures, Romans 3, 10 and 12, 23, 6, 23. I mean, just the book of Romans yeah. affirms that we are dead yeah. in Ephesians our sin. says that. Not just a little dead. Yeah. Not just not just as they say in Princess Bride, mostly dead. Yeah. We are all mostly, the way yeah, mostly dead. Mostly dead. <laughs> He's only mostly dead. We are all the all way, way dead, dead I in had our a, sin. I was talking to the students last night. I had a, a middle school guy say, like, what does that mean? And yeah. I was like, well, basically what that means is if you die today physically, then you you keep dying. You, you live in death. And we call that mm. hell you you receive the the punishment of sin which mm. is death right the wages of sin is death not just dying physically it's eternal everlasting continual death that's good. the judgment of god right that's a good way to think about it yeah <clears throat> and so, then we talk about this beginning at the fall yeah right and it's spread to all of us we see right. this in romans five twelve. we are all sinners this this is evil right this is evil it's in us and then this is really what we're getting at 
what do we do about it, mm. right? So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk about the world's response. We're going to talk about God's response. And we're going to talk about our personal response to the reality of moral evil in the heart of man. And so then we ask the question, like, why? Why mm. are we talking about this? Not just because we want to, but, like, what what is really making us need to talk yeah, about this? Yeah, I think this? if we if we open our eyes, we understand the reality of moral evil in the world and, and, and people uh, rejecting this idea, mm-hmm. even Christians rejecting this idea. And yeah. so I think we've got to understand why we have this perspective, why the Bible has this perspective. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of the times we don't want to admit that people are evil in their hearts. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you, you know, know, this n- is, nobody wants to look at someone and say, yeah, you know, Brian, you're, you're evil. evil. I, 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 yes, you're right. Brian, Brian, you're a bad person. This is, <laughs> this is why I'm talking though. This is why we're talking about this. I had another conversation with some students and I was saying, you know, I don't like as a preacher, I don't like having to preach that people are sinful. Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, and sometimes there's a temptation to say, well, I'm just not going to worry about that. I'm just going to talk about the good news. Yeah. But the problem is, is not like people really don't get it. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that that's that's being led by our emotions. That's and, right. and we know our heart is deceptive. Yeah. And so I can't be led and say, man, I, I love Brian. And so I'm just going to I'm just going to tell him what what's going to make him feel good. That's right. Hey, oh, man, you know what? You mess up. You're a sinner, but you're a good person. Yeah. So you're don't generally really a good person. That's a lie. Right. That's a lie. And that's not caring at all. That really doesn't care about the person. That's just ignoring things that need to be fixed, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So we, we, and that's really a thing is like, we, we want to give the good news before we really understand and recognize the bad news. Yeah. You know, we want mm-hmm. to tell people about God's love for them without having to tell them about, you know, our death producing problem of sin. And I think of it, it's like trying to fix a, a leaky tire by just putting more air into it and not really finding the hole. Yeah, I've, I've talked about this before. You know, one of the great examples is mm-hmm. from the way of the master when he uses the plane analogy. Mm. And as we preach the gospel to someone, if we say, you know, hey, put this parachute on because you're going to have a better, yes. better plane ride. Well, but when you put this parachute on, it's uncomfortable. It's bulky. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not comfortable. It's not making your plane ride better. Right. So that's how we that's how we talk about that's the that's gospel. Exactly that's like how it we doesn't talk. make any sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I say. Hey, at some point, this plane's going to crash, yeah. and you need this parachute because it's going to save your life. Right. You're going to keep that. You don't care about the comfort of your ride anymore. You care about having that parachute because it's going to save your life. That's and exactly that's, right. And that's how we failed to preach the gospel. We don't We don't talk about it. And, and I don't want to. I think we have to have a good balance. I don't want to go back to just all fire and brimstone no. and scaring people and right. saying, saying, if you don't repent, you're going to go to hell. And like this fear-based gospel. But right. I think we can't just now say, hey, it's all about love. Yes. It's all about it's all about God's God loves you. He that's wants right. you to have the best life you can possibly have. Well, you talked about, I want you to share this Francis Schaeffer quote, because you're the one who, who talked about this before. So this Francis, has been, yeah, this is one yeah. of my favorite quotes from him. Uh, he says, uh, somebody asked the question, what would you do if you met a really modern man? man on a train this is back in the 70s mm-hmm. so and you had just an hour to talk to him about the gospel francis schaefer replied i've said over and over i would spend 45 to 50 minutes on the negative to really show him his dilemma that he is morally dead then i would take 10 to 15 minutes to preach the gospel i believe that much of our evangelistic and personal work today is not clear is not uh clear clear simply because we are too anxious to get to the answer without having man realize the cause of his sickness, which is true moral guilt, not just psychological guilt feelings in the presence of God. Yeah. 
What do you think about that? That's exactly that's exactly the point, and that's why we're going to spend some time talking about evil and responses to it before we even to, before we get to the real solution. Like, what do we do about? Even it? though this quote is like fifty years old, I say this is still true today. Even yeah. more so true today. Yeah. That you have to convince people that they are evil. Yeah. That you have to tell. It used to be you could just say. You know, hey, people are evil. You're like, yeah, huh? We know, we know. Right. But now well, people have been lied to, and they think, well, people are generally good. Even that has a historical context, though, because like when you look at the end of the uh, 19th century into the beginning of the 20th century, people literally thought that the world was coming to a mm. unified worldwide peace. Yeah. And then the bloodiest uh, century. Of all mankind happened, the 20th century. World War One happened. World War Two happened. And that's when people were like, oh, no, the world's messed up. We are repeating that right now. Mm -hmm. we, you read articles, and you read articles about evil, and they literally come to the conclusion that one day we'll be able to eradicate evil. And it's like, you really want to say that? Because the last time people said that, the world broke out into unified war. I don't, I don't know how anyone could look at the the world and see genocide and and all the things that's happening and and you know it's. I just don't know how you can. I just I just don't know how you can say that. It 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 is mind boggling, and that's the whole point behind this, and that's why we have to talk about it because people just don't get something, even though it, they're blind, right? Yeah. Well, you know I mean, even even looking at our news today, and this is where we're getting some of the. The kind sensitive stuff, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some news. This is what's really generated this for me is just hearing these news stories. You know, here's some examples of moral evil. Um, you know, first you got some examples of, of kidnappings and murders. So one, this is shocking, people. Uh, there's a woman named Karina Castro, and she was beheaded in, in broad daylight in California. Mm -hmm. Had a dispute with a boyfriend, and he took out a sword and cut her head off and... I mean, that's just, that's just, you know, I think we get desensitized when it's like a gunshot or a stabbing right. or something. But I mean, this is like, yeah, this just doesn't happen in our, in America. And you see this and you're like, oh, oh yeah. man, this is, but it, this but it is, does. this is, this is really bad. I was saying this stuff, you know, but it's, it's not any worse than any other type of murder. Right. But it's still like, it's shocking to, it, to see this. It's just a clear representation of the, right of the intentional evil that's happening mm -hmm. here. And, you know, this is, uh, I've said it elsewhere, that this is like, uh, you know, reality is stranger than fiction. You know, this stuff is stuff you think only happens in movies, but here we are in real life, and this ha is happening. Um, it, it's it's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this is all stuff that's happened, you know, very this recently. month. Yeah. Within September. The, the next story is about this uh, Eliza Fletcher, right? Yeah, she was uh, on a run. She was jogging uh, in the Memphis area, and this guy pulled up and shoved her into his SUV and uh, eventually killed her. There were other details that yeah. I'm leaving out. Um, she was actually a member of a Gospel Coalition church, a uh, faithful member. Uh, you know, just and you're just sitting here watching this, uh, and you're thinking— this is this is insane. Yeah, and this is just two recent stories. I mean, these things. Right. And I almost think Brian that we become like desensitized. Mm -hmm. It's like um, it's like when kids play video games, or mm -hmm. you watch um, you watch um, like really violent or or gory movies. You right. just become desensitized to it because you see it all, all the, the time. time. And I think, oh well, it's another kidnapping. Oh well, it's another this or that. I think people just kind of pass over it because. 
we see this stuff so much. Well, and when we think of it as being again, it's like that, oh, that happens to other people, or that's yeah, a, that's a story, mm-hmm. and we don't realize the reality of it, and we don't put ourselves like it's not what humanized. If you were on a run, yeah, you you run around your neighborhood, right? You right. go on jogs. It's not it's not humanized, and some of that's just because survival is if we if we thought about every single aspect, it, we would live in fear, exactly. And so I don't think that's the right response to this. Um, I think the the response that we're trying to get at is to understand that there is evil right. in the world, yeah. and it's on clear display. These are like big things. Yes, but even in even in our own hearts, I mean, you yes. can look at your own heart and see the sin that you have committed in your life. If you will be honest with yourself, don't blame other people. Don't don't yeah. let it. Um, you know, don't don't shift the blame. Uh, well, you you've had to, those to your circumstances thoughts, right? and know that you have done evil things in your you have evil thoughts you did evil yes. actions and you you've may, had those thoughts where you're you, like and you may not call them evil right but we certainly would be able to call them sinful well but but if, sin sin is evil is right evil that's exactly right and if you've had those thoughts that we're talking these evil thoughts we're talking about and let's pretend those thoughts were reality. Like, that would be newsworthy. Right. I mean, you know that. We all know that. So those are the thoughts we don't share with people. Um, and that's those are the thoughts that we, you know, fight against. Um, but we're all capable of this. Yeah. There's corruption in the world. There's endless stories about corruption. I don't, I don't even include. There's just too many, actually. Uh, child abuse, uh, adult abuse, mm-hmm. uh, elder abuse. Yeah. It, it's insane, the amount of stories. And I didn't include many of those because some of them are just... You know, they're still kind of uh, in court and things like that. We don't know the full outcome of, all, of it all. Well, but and some think, are pretty clear, like right. little babies with broken ribs and meth in their system. Well, and it can be it can be really hard because we do have a, a nonstop, you know, because of the Internet, because of cable news, because these things, we have a nonstop, um, like, you know, access to these yeah. stories. Yeah. You know, it used to be we didn't, we didn't have this. You know, right. you would see stuff on the nightly news and whatever story – you would see was there. Now it's 24 seven all the time. It's like bing, boom, 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 right in your face. And so there is a tendency to want to turn off the news. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we can get a little bit of a, uh, a skewed perspective because yeah, you don't want to see this stuff all the time. I don't, you can't, but you have to know that this is reality. Yeah, that's right. So that's, that's hard to do. Um, but you know, so we've, we've shown, Clearly, mm-hmm. evil is there. It's real, and we are all capable of it. Um, but now we want to talk about how the world responds to this reality. Mm-hmm. You know, the world recognizes it, and it does respond to it. And there's some, you know, there's a lot of great resources out there about this. I found a good uh, article on link.springer.com, which is just a bunch of like research articles, mm-hmm. interesting website. Um, but it talked about this idea of kind of how the society tries to solve these problems and there's two major themes major ideas behind um how to solve societal problems Mm. this problem yeah this was new to me i hadn't until i read your notes here i hadn't uh, yeah thought heard of this yeah it's uh i've i've read about it before but this article put it pretty succinctly it was helpful so there's this idea um it, it comes from aristotle really um so these are old um this one is called uh paideia and paideia is this idea that we're naturally good, but we lack resources or education, so we do evil things. The article actually said it's like we're good but stupid is what it said. And we see this in our current you know, setting. We see people making these sorts of arguments where you know, it's like the problem is that we don't have education. 
Yeah, so I understand that, yeah, the things they're looking at are education, rehabilitation, equal outcomes, social services, right? I mean, right. that's the main, yes. the main things. The problem is you're addressing, you're saying that all evil is lower income right. because people oh, yeah. are uneducated, because they don't have the social services, but that's just not true. Right. We know that there's so much evil that exists at every socioeconomic level. It's right. not just a lack. It's just and not scholarly it, level, yeah. Right. It's not just because this person has a, a successful business or a doctorate degree or a master's degree that they don't commit evil. Yeah. Because that's not true. Right. That's think, just not true. Think of those like stories, the profiles of like so-and-so had the wealthiest business of all time. Right. They were successful. They were charming. They were, but they had a dark secret. Right. You know, exactly. it's like, <laughs> I mean, you, evil. that may be part of the problem, yeah. you know, and you may be able to solve some of it, but, yes. but this doesn't solve the heart issue. That's right. There's a point that we're going to get to when we see this, that, that what you just said is really important. The next idea that kind of combat or goes against this, uh, this we're good but stupid idea is this idea of namas. It's the idea that we're, we're actually intelligent, but we're prone to evil. We're mm. fundamentally prone to evil. So we're evil but smart. Um, and so we need incentives and decentives, right? We need strict laws mm. and we need punitive measures. We need tax incentives. And, and I was trying to think of even more examples, but, but those are kind of it. I can you know? see like political sides mm -hmm. lining up behind these ideologies, you know, and saying this, this is how we solve the problem. No, this is how we solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And just kind of <clears throat> throwing back and forth and arguing and, you know, stirring up, yes. stirring this up. But do you think that either of these, um, you know, really, really helps to change people. So, uh, no. And so that's the problem with this approach, right? They don't change people. What they do, and this is why it is actually good, is that they slow evil down. I mean, the Bible even talks about this, how God gave the law yeah. as a tutor, right? Mm -hmm. um, so they slow evil down, but they eventually get used by people to do evil. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> there's somebody that said, hey, I don't want to go to jail, so I'm not going to commit this crime. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm sure that has happened because there is a, a law. And I'm sure there's somebody who has come out of a, a really desperate, tough socioeconomic situation. They, they, they've gotten right. educated. They've, come, they've gotten a job. They've come out of that. So yeah, they're not prone to doing things that they did before stealing or whatever, you know, um, not that it, that's a low income problem. That's a, that's a, that's a every problem, every problem. but, but, but yeah. I'm just giving examples of that does work mm -hmm. to some extent, but it's not the, it the solution. It doesn't solve the ultimate problem. Right. There's these uh, philosophical solutions. So this is where I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about some other kind of aspects mm -hmm. that I see. The first is what I hear a lot talking about talked about is this idea of power. You know, right now... People are obsessed with power, right? You've you've heard philosophical um, people and, and teachings, you know, Marxism, you, you know, things like that, talking about how everything comes down to a balance of power. And so the solution to that usually involves some sort of systematically, you know, some systematical way of spreading the influence to different peoples and different groups to produce more equity and thus a balance of power. Right. So, like, there are some reasonable arguments behind some of mm -hmm. that, but we'll get to why that's a problem in, in just a second. The flip side of that is the philosophical solution of love. Mm. You know, we all need to be tolerant. And we need to just let each other live how we want 
As long as we don't harm other people, we should mm. be free. We do whatever we want as long as uh, we're not harming other people. I see these uh, these themes. Now that you're saying these, I see these in so much of societal talk, of commentary. You know, you see these things so clearly as like, here's the answer of what we need mm-hmm. to do. We got to love more. We got to, you know, the, no, the balance of power. You know, we, you know, yeah. and people excusing evil. You know, I've, I've yeah. heard of like... Um, recently because of like racial injustices in our in our culture that like looting has been um yeah looting has been excused right these people are just getting what they deserve they're getting reparations you know Mm -hmm. things like that and you know african-americans are getting what they've been mistreated and i think listen if we want to have a conversation about slavery and reparations and all that we can have that but going and stealing something is not is not that yeah do you know what i'm saying so i've been thinking about that a lot to say like you can't just say because somebody did this to me the balance of power must be shifted to where i can do evil to evil you yeah like mistreatment has happened does happen really really did happen does that mean that the mistreatment should just flip-flop like mistreatment should just go the other direction right right you know like no that's not that's interesting that that you're I've just seen mm-hmm. these themes come up as That's right and other and other and other venues. So then there's so again that love, you know, why can't we all just get along? Uh, there's uh, Russell Brand is a comedian. He's an actor. I don't uh, endorse uh, most of his movies, but um, you know he actually has a, a, a huge YouTube following. He does a lot of videos. I've been super surprised by this, um, where he's just calling out corruption and hypocrisy and all sorts of stuff. Uh, all across the spectrum and um but but in his videos he ultimately comes down to this like why can't we all just get along and what what is sad about russell brand is that he hasn't figured out that there's a problem in the human heart Mm. you know these things come from the human heart, which we all possess, and that's that's what that's what I was driving at a yes. moment ago. Is we're, we're trying to fix all these problems with these outward things, and and sometimes we need to address these outward things. Yes. Sometimes we need yes. to look at those things, but you can't do that without looking at the heart. Mm-hmm. And so, ultimately, these things, these this power and love, you know, solution, they're naive because they neglect the, to answer the question of who decides what is power. Mm-hmm. They don't answer, you know, what actually is harm. You know, if I'm not supposed to harm you, well, what what is that, you know? And and somebody gets to decide that. Um, and it it fails to regulate power and tolerance. Who gets deci- to decide who gets the power? Who gets to decide what tolerance is? Mm-hmm. And when you don't have the, the answer to those things, well, then... You just have a recipe for more right, evil. Right, mm-hmm. And so here's the point. Here's a big kind of linchpin behind this whole conversation. The world's responses, and this is what you were just saying, might help keep people from being as evil as they could be, but they do not make people good. Yeah. So that's really important. They might help some. But they don't make evil people into good people. Yeah, it's not just like, hey, we have this, uh, we have this new system, this new way, and that's just going to automatically solve all of our problems. You know, even when we were talking about this idea, you mentioned the idea of socialism. Mm-hmm. You know, and how, wow, that looks really great on paper. The problem is, is there's people involved. <laughs> yeah. And they're evil. And they're evil. That's right. And so they're going to take advantage of the people that they're over. And so that's. You know, that, that doesn't fix the, the heart issue, you know? Yeah, that's right. 
Well, okay, so that's the world's response. Let's talk yeah. about God's response. Mm-hmm. There's really two responses from God that coalesce into one uh, just absolutely essential thing that I think everyone will <laughs> will will know uh, listening to us. But there's two responses, and the first response is the response of wrath. Um, God is not okay, right, with mm-hmm. evil, right, right, yes. It says here, uh, I love this definition of Wayne Grudem, because I, I wanted to think, what's a good way to, to think about wrath? Yes. Because, you know, wrath is like, you know, it's like anger, mm-hmm. you know, is a lot of times what we think about it. Or, you know, what what does this really mean? And I love this quote here. It says, if God, if God uh, loves all that is right and good and all that confirms, uh, conforms to his moral character, then it should not be surprising that he would hate everything that is opposed to his moral character. God's wrath directed against sin is therefore closely related to God's holiness mm-hmm. and justice. God's wrath may be defined as the following. God's wrath means he, in, he intensely hates all sin. Yeah. So it's not just like an outpouring of, I mean, some of it's like that's the action Right, but what's the motivation here? It's it's good. It's because sin goes against his holiness and yeah. his justice. Sin, sin is really a a counter reality. Like sin is the invasion of God's reality of our God. Like we asserting our godness opposed to God's godness, which he is the def- he is the inventor of reality. And when we start saying this is what I think is right and wrong, we are literally like tearing reality apart. Yes. And God says, I'm not going to let that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, his holiness, his righteousness, his his character is what holds reality into being, mm-hmm. you know. So anyways, that's I'm getting philosophical there. But No, no, I think that's good. I think there's a couple of verses even yes. that you've got here. So Psalm this is just spells it out. Psalm 7:11 says, "God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day." He's a righteous judge. He's not okay with evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ezekiel 25:17, he says, "I will execute great vengeance on them with wrathful rebukes. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon them." Mm. Vengeance, God's vengeance is justice. Mm-hmm. Our vengeance is not necessarily justice. Yeah, Luke 12:5 says, "But I warn you whom to fear, fear him who, after he kill, has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. <laughs> the one with the ultimate power, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Romans 2.5. But because of your hard and impotent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. James one twenty for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I put that one in there, the James one twenty, because it shows that our anger produ- usually produces evil, but it also just does not come to the cl- it doesn't come close to the wrath that God has yeah. on evil in the world. God is more angry about the injustices that you have received than you could be. Yeah. So because of sin, because of evil. Uh, this is the, the we. This is the wrath we deserve. Right. This is something that we deserve because it goes against God's holiness. It goes yeah. against um, the the righteousness of God. Yeah. But you know, there's another response because God, in His infinite mercy and and, and love, gives right. us grace. That's right. He gives and, us grace. And so I love these definitions. I threw these in here. Uh, one from Jerry Bridges says, "Grace expresses two complementary thoughts: God's unmerited favor to us through Christ." 
and God's divine assistance to us through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's good. I love that one. Yeah. Um, you've got one from John Piper. It says, grace is not simply leniency when we have sinned. This is important. Mm-hmm. Grace is the enabling gift of God not to sin. Mm. Grace is power, not just pardon. I love that. That's really good. I love that. And then finally, Wayne Grudem, grace is God's goodness towards those who deserve only punishment. Yeah. There's this idea, you know, mercy is when God doesn't give you what, well, and, and this is, you know, this is a little bit of a fluid, you know, definition, mm-hmm. but mercy is when God does not give you what you deserve. Grace is when God does give you what you don't deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we see that clearly when you look at scripture, you know, here's the most famous verse of all time, John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. You know, we just read about how God has wrath, but then yes. listen to this for God. So loved the world that he gave his only son mm-hmm. that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Yeah. Romans five twenty. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. There's, oh man, grace is coming where evil has increased. Yeah. Grace over, uh, abounds. E grace is greater yep. than that. Yep. Second Peter three, nine, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. God has so much grace. And there's like countless more texts, you know, just literally just type in scriptures about God's grace. Yeah. And it's amazing how many we've limited a lot of these. Yeah. Yeah. And so so the grace of God is expressed in a, in a certain way, right? mm -hmm. Yes. Well, and this is where this is where those two responses we we talk about the two responses. Mm-hmm. Those two responses coalesce, okay? They come together. They interact with each other into something that we call the good news. Mm-hmm. God's mad, God loves. How does this all work out? The gospel, right? Mm-hmm. This is how God takes evil people and makes us good. This is how he is different from what the world does. Mm-hmm. So, Listen to Romans 3, 23 through 26, okay? It says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So there's that. We've sinned. There's wrath for that. But then 24, And are justified by his grace as a gift. So there's the grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. There's the linchpin. There's Jesus. He's the one who provides redemption. How? Verse 25, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Mm. So Jesus propitiated. He took your sin. He took the wrath of God that was being poured out, and he paid for it by his blood. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. Listen, this is when I finally understood this passage, this is how I understood, this is how I get all of the Old Testament. He passed over former sins. The wrath of God for all the sins of all mankind in the past, he held on to it, and he poured it out onto Jesus. It says in verse 26, it was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. So God held his wrath in and didn't pour it out on all mankind, destroying us as we deserved. He held it out, and his grace bound it to himself and then poured it out onto Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus took it. And that is how God could say, your your sins are paid for. Mm-hmm. He could give us grace, and he could welcome us into eternal life. Mm, that's really good. It's the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I think that's really important to understand. Romans 5, 8, and 9, But God shows his love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God? There it is. You know, I think it's important to recognize the 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 change that happens. And it's, yes. an, it's an internal change. You know, we talked about this when we talked about covenants, and the new covenant is different because... There's a the, the gospel um, changes us from the inside out. That's right. The 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 wants and desires, um, the the Holy Spirit, how He interacts with us. Uh, we are being made like God. We are being sanctified, being changed, set apart to be like God in His holiness. And I think that's where the difference is. We don't just start addressing moral issues and say, "Hey, Brian, don't do this. Don't right. do this." We say, "God is going to change you." And as you grow in your relationship with him, as you grow closer to him, you will become, you will look, your life will look more like that. You will be more holy. And that'll be an outpouring of, of goodness and righteousness in your life instead of evil. Evil. That's, I I think, I think Titus 2, 11 through 14 is my favorite passage in all of the Bible. And And we've talked about this before, but let me read it again. It's every, it's what you just said, man. Listen to this. For the grace of God has appeared. There's that grace again. Bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's the gospel. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. The world's response to evil might slow evil down, but it doesn't make evil people good. Mm-hmm. The gospel takes evil people, transforms us, and purifies us into people for God who are zealous for good works. We become good people. Mm-hmm in our hearts and in our desires. Well, and it's because of the righteousness of Jesus. Once again, it's That's not because right. of anything in ourselves. It's because of the it's because of his righteousness imparted Given to, to us. us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's important to understand. It's not that's it's good. not you're doing something to become good. It's that's right. God is doing everything. And as you put your faith in Jesus, your trust in him, he does a great work in us. Remember I mean it's just the sanctifying work of God is is not it's not like God thank you for the salvation mm-hmm. I'm going to go do the sanctifying work go now this out. Yeah. it's 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 you were saved and then God is still saving you the yeah. sanctification is him doing the work in you that's right and then one day we will be completely and fully uh, glorified the, the the salvation process will be completed it's our whole life is the process of salvation that's right it's begun in the gospel. We are justified, justified yeah. then we are being sanctified, and finally we'll be glorified. Amen. Yeah, that's that's exactly right, and we need Jesus for every single bit of it. Um, and so that's where we're getting into our response. Mm-hmm. Like, we know how God responds to evil. Thank the Lord that he responds that way. Right. Um, so how do we respond, really, to evil and then also God's response? Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are some temptations, mm-hmm. right? I know I wrestle with some temptations when I hear these stories. Um, one temptation is despair. Just thinking like the world is meaningless and nothing and terrible, mm-hmm. right? Another uh, one that, that happens sometimes is getting angry and yeah. bitter. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I think we like Batman and Superman and superheroes mm. because we see evil and we're like, man, if only I had billions the vigilante of dollars justice. who could go mm-hmm. out and, you know, do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but that's not, you know, there is a, there is a hero and he handles it a different way. Right. Um, some people lose faith. Yeah, they do. You know, they just walk away because they can't, um, they can't reconcile, uh, all of this, you know, in their mind. Others become just apathetic or even cynical about it. Yeah. I think, yeah, I see that where people are just like, whatever, don't care. You know? Yeah, it happens. MBD. Other people just uh, obsess over these solutions. I mm-hmm. think some people get so obsessive about how to how to fix things. Whatever their particular solution may be, they're just like, this is the way to do it. And they're like, wow, you know, mm-hmm. everything about their life is about this way of dealing yeah. with evil. The, the interesting thing about these responses is they, they normally turn uh, to the solution ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't look at God for the solution. Yeah, I, that's absolutely true. That's why it becomes obsessive because you ultimately can't do anything. You just can think about it. Right. Um, but there is a right response, right? There's a proper response to this. What do you think the first thing we have to do in responding to evil yeah, is? I think we talked about that is just recognizing our own evilness, our mm-hmm. own sinfulness. Uh, we have to we have to know that the Bible teaches that man is depraved, yeah, and there's no hope for us outside of the gospel. Yeah, I meant to put this in. I forgot that I was thinking about this, but you know the the text where Jesus says, you know, don't don't take the speck out of your brother's eye. First, mm. take the log out of your own eye, and then help your brother take the speck out of of his <laughs> eye. You know, it's like the first way that we help people in the world is by recognizing our own. Right. And dealing with that. And the way we deal with that is by being saved mm-hmm. and transformed by the gospel, by right. putting our faith in Jesus, coming out of death into life, and then walking in that, you know, be, not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm-hmm. So the next thing we need to do is we've got to remember then. If Jesus saved us, he's transforming us. Well, we got to remember how he responded to evil. Mm-hmm. And then we need to do the same thing in order to overcome evil. Right. The way Jesus responded to evil was not by just punching people in the face, right? He did good. Jesus did good. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I think we think about the problem of evil in the world and we think, man, I just wish people weren't so bad. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize that, like, we need to do something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we think, well, they're evil. Like, let's just be more, you know, let's let's do the same thing to them. And that's not how the Bible deals with this, right? Yeah. You know, Jesus, uh, the Bible talks about pouring coals on your enemy's head. How do you do that? By doing good to them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's actually how you overcome your enemy. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so important that we understand the example of Christ was to um, return um, good for evil, mm-hmm. you know, not to look at a situation and think, you know, I mean, he, he, he talked about this in the Sermon on the Mount. He just talked about so many places. It's not that we are saying this person has done me this injustice, so now I'm going to return it with a similar injustice right. or even a, even a justice you know, I'm going to look at this person and operate in grace and mercy. Even when they've done something wrong to me, <clears throat> I'm going to give them grace and mercy, which is a kindness to them, yeah. a forgiveness. And then even beyond that, I'm going to do things to serve those people, to yeah. love them. Yeah. And even when they don't deserve it, this is really hard yeah. because we we um, we want to give people what, what we think they deserve. Right. The problem is who is the... 
arbiter of that truth, mm-hmm. you know? Who gets to decide. Who gets to decide yeah. what people deserve. And so Jesus is saying here, give grace, give mercy, do good. Yeah. And it's all in his name. And in that way, we are leading people to him. Right. And that's the last thing. It's just proclaim the gospel. Yeah. We're using these good works. We're using these good things. We're using all of our actions, our attitudes, our thoughts, which are, are being transformed, transformed life. Yeah. to be like Jesus to proclaim the gospel. That's right. And so now we're saying, hey, this is the way in which you find true hope, true release from sin, from death. This is the way that you can help <clears throat> be a, a good person is by accepting Jesus Christ or by believing on him. Yeah. You know, pro- proclaiming the gospel is the center, the the quintessential aspect of getting rid of evil, right? Because that is what changes people's hearts. Now, what we're not saying is that, you know, um, policies and programs and things aren't good. We're not saying that. What we are saying, though, is that if those policies, those ideas, those systems do not have the gospel at the center as their quintessential reason for existing, then they're not going to actually solve the problem. They're only going to do so much, as we've said. They're not going to fix the root of, of the issue. Exactly. And so we hope that, I know for me, my my hope is to make every aspect of my life center around the gospel mm-hmm. so that I can actually be changed yeah. um, from my evil into the good, the saint that God has made me. Um, and And then, you know, my hope is that our listeners would do the same. You know, that we all together would come together and that we would focus ourselves individually on the gospel and focus our our uh, organizations and systems, whatever we've got on Jesus Christ, the one who makes people good. Yeah. So, so how do we, you know, as we see the things in the news and we see the evil, how do we think? What do we need to do as Christians? I think the first thing we need to do is pray. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, like I, I, I just hear these stories and I'm in... in Immediately start praying. I pray for the kids, mm-hmm. you know, who who lost their mothers. I pray for um, the family members. Um, uh, I pray that God would honestly. I pray for protection <laughs> for my family. Yeah, and it's okay to it's okay to weep, you know, yes. when, when when these situations. It's okay to be confronted with the 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 tragedy, yeah. you know, and to be upset about these things. Um, we can't, like I said, we can't we can't live in that, and we can't live in the fear. We've got to turn it back to the Lord, and like you're saying, pray and seek Him, and then do those things that we just said. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, put, you know, focus on uh, what can I do that is good in the name yes. of Jesus. How can I share the gospel? How can I do those things that is going to, you know, yes. that be the ultimate we, solution? We let this fuel our zeal for good works. Yeah. Right and and proclaiming the gospel, which yeah. produces good works. So we we let it fuel that, and then we say we don't get we don't get dis, we don't fall into despair. Mm-hmm. We say we have the solution. Let's implement it more. Yeah, let's implement it more and more and more and more until until the Lord comes back. Yeah, I mean you know you see in a, a uh, you know one, one example you talked about abuse of children. You mm-hmm. know how about uh, Christians use this to. Uh, 
start gospel-centered programs to, yeah. to help children, to be foster parents, find, to adopt children. Find you know, a to resource center that you can be a part of. To do things. That's just one practical outpouring. Yeah. Let let these things that we see, let God let God move us and mm-hmm. shape us to to combat evil with the gospel with yeah. and with and with goodness that's rooted in Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. Well, I know that this can be an intense topic. Mm-hmm. We hope that it's not been a downer. Uh, we we hope and pray that as you think through these things, you would be resolved mm-hmm. in the, the glory of the gospel and yeah. what Jesus has done to change you and me, who could be as evil as anyone else into people who love God and love other people. So let's go and live that way. We have the solution to evil. Let's live it out. That's right. So thank you all for listening. We'll see, we'll see you, you next time. time. perspective what to do about evil do we say it like that sure no (laughs) this is serious that is pretty serious okay to be serious on this episode sounds good it's gonna be hard because whenever you say the word evil it's like you want to go evil well we might need to make it a little light from time to time but we'll make sure it's appropriate (sighs) okay figure a way to lighten this one up i'd like to see how that goes it'll be at the end when we talk about the gospel (laughs) that's how we're gonna like to see how that goes (laughs) I don't think we're going to be able to.